Everyone's well and welcome back to the Improvement Podcast. So this episode is going to jump into how I structure push and uh, my push sessions and how they're usually laid out. Obviously, there's always going to be some variant in terms of people's individual weaknesses, which I'll try and cover, but I'm just going to give you a breakdown of how I like to structure it and why. So first off, I usually like to start with a lateral raise. And the reason being is when we're thinking about a lateral raise and our side delts, it's a muscle that can never be too big, to be honest. It's like when we think about just how a physique looks and visually the difference having big side delts look. Your side delts are basically a side of your shoulder. And basically developing those muscles will give you a wide look, make you look wider. Uh, and as a result, have a narrower waist. And uh, that's why I like to put them first, because the effect it gives you, basically and also when performing them it doesn't really take away from our pressing movements so when we like train our side delts before let's say a compound movement your performance doesn't totally diminish it doesn't make you perform much poorer or really take away from how you do at all really it may be very very slightly but it is very minimal and i think the benefit of having the lateral raise first a lateral raise variation kind of beats beats getting that maybe maybe an additional rep on that pressing movement if you'd even lose a rep from having the lateral raise first because like i said the difference it makes is very very minimal or from my experience anyway and uh, as well as that it's not that fatiguing meaning as well as not really taking away from your compound movements it's not going to accumulate much like central nervous system fatigue uh, because when we're performing it we're not lifting crazy amounts of weight we're using a relatively light weight when performing lateral raises as a result we're not going to have much accumulation of fatigue due to that whereas if it was a movement that we're going to be really really strong on we're going to be using 100 plus kilos and that will be a different story but because lateral raises if we think about it, if we're doing it with a dumbbell usually Nobody, not a lot of people goes above 20 kilos anyway or if we're thinking about using it on like a cable stack it's really hard to basically use a lot of weight on it with good form if you're actually using your side delts because of how small your side delts are you're not going to accumulate a lot of fatigue from it which as a result fatigue we know takes away from our ability to perform our ability to train to failure uh, and that's why we don't want to accumulate a lot of fatigue from a movement that's going to affect the rest of our session. But like I said, with using a really light load, it's going to accumulate less fatigue uh, during it. Uh, example of a movement that would accumulate a lot of fatigue, obviously you're not going to do this at the start push, or most people wouldn't, is like a leg press. Because you're lifting a ton of weight, you feel fatigued from it. You have like physical and mental tiredness from performing it. Uh, and that would maybe have a knock-on effect on your ability to perform and just put effort into the rest of the session. Whereas, of course, like I said, side delts, not so much. It's not really going to... You're not going to like do side delts and think, I feel absolutely wrecked now. I, or it's most likely not the case, or I'd hope not. It's also a good way to warm the shoulder joint. So when you think about doing side delts or lateral raises, it means we're going to warm our shoulder up so that when we get into our heavy presses that's we're going to feel nice and safe we're going to feel nice and stable and strong and not like 
have a risk of injury sort of thing. So yeah, that's another reason why I like them. So in terms of what we should think about when doing side delt movements, so a couple examples of movements you could perform are things like dumbbell lateral raises, a cuffed lateral raise, a cable lateral raise, a machine lateral raise, things like that. Uh, some things to consider are keeping your arm slightly in front of your body. The reason being is when we have our arm completely in line with our body, we're more likely to shrug it, we're more likely to use our traps during the movement. And our traps being a really big muscle, it's very easy to take the weight off our side delts and put it onto our traps, which we obviously don't want. Uh, because if we were, we'd, we'd do a shrug. And uh, what else we want to think about is, yeah, so as well as like when we're performing it, keeping our arms slightly in front of our body when we're like driving it out, we want to focus on driving it out and not up because when we focus on driving our arm up to perform it, again, we sh sort of shrug the weight. Uh, whereas the role of our side del is to basically adduct our arm from the side of our body, which is a fancy way of saying taking our arm away from the side of our body. So if we can do so uh, and focus on driving out, it means we're going to not encourage shrugging. And then... As well as that, when we're performing it, we want to focus on keeping our palm facing down. A lot of people will lift their chest up or lift their palm so it faces forward. What this basically does is rotates at your shoulder, basically causing it to go in the front of your shoulder, your front delt basically. Because when your front delt faces up, the front of your shoulder faces up, you will work the front. When you face the like middle part of your shoulder up or your mid delt, or your medial delt, lateral delt it's called, you will work your side delt basically. So that's something you want to focus on. And uh, next up, after performing a lateral, I like to perform like a chest compound movement. And the reason being is this is the biggest bang for your buck movement, meaning you're going to get the most out of this. So it makes sense doing it towards the start of your session. Like it doesn't make sense doing what's going to reap the most rewards at the end, if that makes sense. Unless obviously you've got other reasons to do so but for the most part if there's no reason not to then put like a chest compound second and it'll work the largest amount of muscle groups which is why second it will work your chest front delt so front of your shoulder triceps uh, so you'll get a lot from it so it makes sense like i said to do it when you're fresh and uh, most people if you think about it have a weak chest and not weak shoulders so uh, that's another reason why it makes sense to put a second. And when we're performing a chest compound movement, which could be, let's say, a barbell bench press, a, incline, a low incline dumbbell press, sorry, or a flat dumbbell press, a flat smith machine press, or a low incline smith press, or a chest press machine, something like that, we should basically try and keep our chest ahead of our shoulders. So we shouldn't pin our shoulder blades back we don't need to do that because they need to somewhat move freely so that we can fully contract our chest and uh, keep our shoulders nice and healthy. But we shouldn't have our shoulders excessively coming forward so that we like cave in our chest. We want to keep our shoulders back and our chest ahead of our shoulders so we keep using our chest during the movement. And we also want to focus on driving our elbows in because the role of our chest is to basically bring your elbow in front of your body. Think about like a fly, what you do during that. That's basically the role of your chest. So it basically brings your upper arm across to the middle of your body. Uh, 
So basically it brings your elbow like in front of your shoulder if that makes sense. So we want to focus on driving our elbow in. So we encourage using our chest and not using our shoulder or like pushing it up in our shoulders going ahead like I said. And uh, as well as that, when we're performing it we want to ideally have a slight tuck in our elbow so we're not putting our shoulder in a vulnerable position and risking injury but we don't want it tucked too excessively that we're turning it into a tricep and a shoulder movement. So yeah, after that chest compound second, third, I'd usually put a shoulder press in there. So a shoulder press or a high incline press of some sort, like maybe a high incline Smith machine press, a high incline dumbbell press, a shoulder press machine, uh, a high incline barbell press maybe. That's going to basically target your delts, your front delts for the most part, which is the front of your shoulder and also your upper chest. And we've stimulated most of our chest through flat presses, usually when people have an arch in their chest as well, uh, arch in their back, sorry, which I recommend having just so you're nice and tight and stable. During like a flat press, you'll work the majority of your chest. So doing, let's say, like a high incline press or a shoulder press will work your upper chest as well, which will be ideal. And uh, like I said, because we turn like a flat press into a bit of a decline when we do an arch. Because if you think about what a decline press is, like where your chest is during it, when we arch, we turn a flat press more into a, some sort of decline to an extent. Uh, which is why I suggested doing like a low incline press for your chest compound. So yeah, when doing a shoulder press or a high incline press variation, like I said, we're going to work our delts in our upper chest. And uh, the reason why this is third after doing a chest compound movement is because, like I said, most people don't have weak shoulders. Most people have weaker chest than they do shoulders. So it makes sense to put it after. And I think the reason why this is, is because most people make the mistakes that I just mentioned on pressing movements for targeting their chest. Like letting their shoulders come forward. Like not focusing on driving the elbows in. Like not having like their elbows in the correct position. Uh, so, yeah, and for the most part, like I said, you're going to get the most out of a uh, chest press because you're probably going to lift the most amount of weight, you're going to be able to target the most amount of muscle group, so it makes sense having that second. But if, let's say, you have really weak shoulders and a really strong chest, then you could put a shoulder press second. Or if you've got two variations of your push session, meaning you do push twice a week and you want a slightly different setup, one day you can put a shoulder press before your chest press movement and then the other session you could put your like shoulder press movement after like a chest press movement so you could swap them around and by like shoulder press or chest press movement i don't mean like a shoulder press machine or chest press i simply mean like a chest compound movement or a shoulder compound movement which is basically a movement that will work multiple muscle groups and not just like a isolation movement so yeah you could swap them around depending on your weakness or if you just like some variety and after that, so that's exercise one, a lateral, a chest compound second, and a shoulder press third. Fourth, I usually like a tricep compound movement. So the reason being is, if you want big triceps, it makes sense to do a movement that's going to put a lot of weight through them. So just like how, obviously it's a bit different, they're not the exact same muscle groups, uh, but 
when we think about our legs, we don't just do leg extensions and isolation movements to target our quads. So why would we when we're targeting our triceps? It makes sense during a movement we're putting a lot of load through them, just like we would for our legs. And uh, also it means we'll basically, as well as getting big triceps, we'll still be able to do a movement that's going to work our chest and our shoulders a bit. Because no movement is going to isolate a muscle group. Like, yeah, basically no movement, even if it's an isolation movement. But when we are doing compound movements, it applies even more. So when we're doing like a chest compound, we'll be working our shoulder and our triceps. So it just means we're going to be able to do a movement that's going to target our triceps while also getting some more effective work for our chest and our shoulders. So, yeah, like I said, makes sense. One big triceps, do a movement that's going to put a lot of load through them, just like we would with any other muscle group if we're trying to grow it. And a tricep compound could be something like a, a dip with your elbows relatively tucked. It could be like a close grip Smith machine press. It could be a close grip chest press. It could be a neutral grip dumbbell press. It could be a close grip barbell press, something like that. Or a GM press, if you've heard of it, uh, which is basically like a close grip press on like a, you can do it on a Smith machine or a barbell where you lower it a bit more towards your face. Uh, but yeah, if you're not confident in the gym, you're not sure of your ability to perform movements, then probably don't do that now and crush yourself in the face. And uh, yeah, so that's what you can do for a tricep compound. And another benefit of doing, let's say, like a chest compound, a shoulder press compound, and a tricep compound is because it's kind of redundant doing free chest movements. So let's say we're doing free chest presses. What are we going to get from that third chest press after already doing it twice? Probably not a ton. The same would be if we only done three shoulder compound movements. Whereas if we do one of each, one for our chest, one for our shoulder, one for our tricep, then we're not going to basically do, like have redundancy there. We're not going to do something that we've just done that we're not going to get much out of because it's like you could say you're going to be weaker after doing two chest movements already, so are you going to get much out of the third? You might as well tax your shoulders or your triceps, if that makes sense. So that's the benefit of doing that while also working, getting some additional working for each muscle group. So like I said, when you're doing a chest press, you work your shoulders and triceps. Same applies when you're doing a shoulder press, you work your chest and triceps. Same applies when you're doing a tricep compound, we're working our chest and our shoulders slightly as well. So, after the three compounds, usually I think three is a sweet spot for most individuals. Doing more is just a bit, bit, just over the top in my opinion. Obviously it depends what someone's level is at, what their weaknesses are, what their time is like during their session. But yeah, next up is usually isolation movements for the triceps specifically. So we've trained the chest pretty extensively. So after, yeah, after doing those movements, you don't really need to do more chest work really. So next up, I usually do a tricep movement where I'm trying to fully contract the tricep, get a good squeeze in other words, or fully shorten it, which is basically the muscle length. We're fully trying to get the muscle fully contracted uh, and to do so we basically want our arm not not to our side like tucked in our body but we don't want it elevated over our head because that's our tricep in the stretch position we want it relatively close to the midline of our body and 
you want to pause at the bottom usually because if you're getting a if you're shortening your tricep if you're working in that in that shortened position it makes sense spending time there if that's the benefit of the movement uh, to get a good contraction or a good squeeze and we also aren't able to shorten our, our triceps as well as they get tired so it makes sense doing this now and not later on after doing more tricep work so an example could be a rope tricep extension a single arm cable extension uh, something like that or easy bar tricep extension and yeah just spending time at the bottom a good one to two seconds getting a good contraction making sure we're keeping our upper arm still so that our triceps doing the work and our upper arm isn't doing the work and uh, yeah just really trying to get a good squeeze and squeezing them as hard as we can at the bottom uh, and of course just like any other movement or any movement as a whole we're trying to progressive overload the movement meaning basically make it harder over time by adding weight adding reps that sort of thing and uh, in terms of what i do after that it's usually a movement that's going to work the long head of the tricep or the tricep in the lengthened position which unlike i just spoke about it's when our arms not close to our body and instead it's usually over our head like doing a tricep extension over our head or you could do it with a dumbbell so basically where our arms extended overhead or elevated anyway so probably like elbow shoulder height or above at least and this will work the long head of our tricep and work our tricep in the lengthened position and usually the benefit of this is so we can work our tricep in the stretch position the reason i like doing this basically after the doing it in its squeezed position or shortened position whatever you want to refer to it as is because usually when we're stretching a muscle it can feel a bit harsher it can feel a bit rubbish on our joints so doing it after the other movement feels a bit better as well as that it basically we can't shorten a muscle as easily if we do it when the muscle's tired uh, so it makes sense to do another movement before it so yeah i like to pause in the stretch position because this is the benefit of the movement like we're training a movement or we're doing a movement that's going to allow us to get a good stretch on the muscle so if we're rushing in the stretch part of the movement it doesn't really make much sense and uh yeah so i really like to spend time doing our nice slow eccentric which is the loading phase on this because Usually I find if you rush the eccentric, it can feel a bit rubbish on your elbows, which we obviously don't want. Uh, so yeah, spend plenty of time lowering it nice and slow, pausing that bottom position before extending up. And again, making sure we're not moving our upper arm excessively because that's not our triceps job. Our triceps job's to move our, to extend at the elbow, which is why that's what we should be focusing on. So yeah, that's about it in terms of how a structure push depending on what the rest of your week looks like and what the rest of your sessions look like you can always add on some like core work at the end if let's say your leg sessions are already really long because push isn't quite as like intense as let's say a pull day or a leg day so it's a good place to potentially do your abs and if that's if you don't want them on legs and uh, like i said this isn't a set in stone way to do this session there's different methods to doing it for example you could put a, another lateral raise in there instead of a tricep compound 
and also you could maybe put like a chest fly in there instead of the tricep compound or instead of the tricep compound you could potentially do another chest movement it depends what are your weaknesses what are your strengths and in terms of rep ranges i know i didn't run through that uh, and there's no set rep ranges you need to do for each movement however i'll cover it briefly for a lateral raise i'd usually don't like doing anything silly low reps so nothing below eight so usually maybe like an 8 to 10 or maybe like a 12 to 15. Sometimes I like to do like a 15 to 20 on a lateral raise. If I've got one lateral and like a push session, I'll usually do, let's say, two sets and a drop set. Whereas if I've got two lateral raises in a session, wait, sorry. If I've got one lateral raise in a session, I'll usually do like two sets, three sets or two sets and a drop. Whereas if I've got two lateral raises in my session, I'll usually do... Yeah, just two sets each and maybe a drop on the second one if it's later in the session. So I'm not impacting the movements afterwards. In terms of the compo movements, usually it's like 1, 5 to 9, 1, 10 to 12. I usually like doing a bit of a lower rep range for one of my compound movement sets. Uh, again, it depends what it is. depends how it feels as well. Uh, and you don't need to just stick to 10 to 12. You can go above that. There's no reason why you can't do like a 15 to 20. Uh, it's got its place for sure and then the rest of the isolations usually it's again about 8 to 10 never really go much lower than 8 when it comes to like tricep isolation movements it never really feels great on my elbows but uh, sometimes like it'll be 2 12 to 15 something like that but yeah for the most part lateral raise if i'm only doing one it'll be two sets if i'm doing two uh, if I'm yeah, if I'm doing one, it'll be two or three sets. If I'm doing two, it's usually about two each. Uh, the compound movements usually about two sets each, but you could probably get away with doing three chest, three on let's say the chest compound if you are relatively new to the gym and if you can recover from it. In terms of tricep work, I'll usually do about two to three sets each isolation movement, and uh, yeah, if I'm doing putting a chest fly in there again, it's around two sets, maybe three. It depends what the rest of the session looks like. So again, no set in stone answer. But play about with it. Basically, see how you're recovering. If you're performing well, progressing well, and you're seeing progress over time, then keep things how they are. Or if you're like, right, this really isn't growing or progressing after being consistent inside and outside the gym for a large period, then you can increase the sets or train the body part more frequently throughout the week. So I hope this helped. I'll probably look to cover other sessions because i quite like breaking movements down something i quite enjoy and i think it's quite helpful so yeah thank you very much for listening uh, if you did enjoy it please leave a rating and review and uh, share it on your stories